Ah, oh, man, this is also why, like, I just, I do genuinely think that the game, I really do think that the game could do with two different versions. And people, or every time I bring this up, yeah. people accuse me of splitting the player base. But I really feel that the original, when you first play EFT, that's its own very special thing, right? What do you... <laughs> Sorry, I'm dying of thirst, so I gotta get something. Okay, yeah. So just just rummaging around in the background. (laughs) Welcome to Scab Talk, Escape from Tarkov podcast. We continue focusing on developing the game, patch note analysis, data crafting, and Twitter drama. My name is Church. I'm one of your hosts. (laughs) I am a uh, video editor for a Tarkov YouTuber named Airwing Marine. And I'm Gigbeef, a Tarkov YouTuber, helping you guys improve the game that is Escape from Tarkov. And welcome back to Scav Talk this week in our drama week of Tarkov, (laughs) which coincidentally, well, coincides pretty much with the the middle of the wipe. You can tell where the middle of the wipe is because uh, Twitter implodes upon itself. How's your your week been, Mr. Church? How's it been going? Uh, It's been going good and somewhat busy. Um... Did a pretty fun gameplay video. I don't, I don't want to ask you, do you watch other content creators? Like, how often do you get to watch other Tarkov YouTubers? Is something you prioritize, watch... or is it even a thing? Yeah. Yeah, so I watch, I would say I watch a good proportion of most of the content that comes out from most of the big people that isn't raid videos. Okay. I very rarely watch actual raid videos, very rarely, because it doesn't tell me anything new that I didn't already know. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I know these guys are good, and, and that's, that's fine. And sometimes there's some, like, crazy moments or whatever. I actually saw a few people mentioning, I think this video that you're talking about, which is, is, is this the airing one that you um, edited yeah. recently? And I see a few people saying that, actually. So I'm, that kind of piqued my interest, and it was in the back of my mind to go and, go and have a look at it and see. And some uh, some could be quite fun, but there's there's just so many. It's a good proportion of the Tarkov content that's out there. I'd say it's a. I mean, it depends on. It's hard to make a measure because it depends on what you watch. The algorithm kind of serves you things that you want. But even true, not true. watching any, I still probably get served fifty to seventy percent raid style videos, like highlights style type videos, just because I think that there's, well, they're easy to make, and there's just way more content of that type. Yeah. Than than anything else, which is fair enough. That's fine. So the ones that I tend to listen to, even if I know all the stuff in there already, it's just like I'm interested to hear like other people's takes on things. Like I watched Rengar's like ammo tier list. Oh, did um, you? Yeah. Yeah, and there's like a couple of things like that. Like I, you know, I, I know all the ammos, right? I know what they all are. I know what they do. It's just like to hear from some dude who's like over level seventy, like what he thinks, because mm-hmm. that's like that's useful. You know, it's useful information. You like get some bits and pieces from here and there. And when you, people comparing different ammo, say, oh, actually, this one a bit higher than this and this one, no, I don't like this one very much. I've used this one, but I don't like it, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like, yeah, but I think the, the biggest takeaway from that for me was that, because I never used the VSS and the Val, and he ended up putting SP5 and SP6 above SPP um, and BP just because of the, like, the, the plus recoil just makes them completely unusable. Now, I've never, I've just not played with them that much. So it's, you know, it's a useful nugget of information to go in the back of the back of the head. So that that kind of stuff I do watch a lot of um but there's not necessarily a lot of that produced <laughs> yeah that so, makes sense that's it really yeah yeah no i i get that i totally i think i'm in the same boat there was a point 
during the earlier white period where I was watching just a ton of landmark YouTube content, <laughs> like just a ton. And, um, yeah, I just, I just sort of fell off watching gameplay vids, but I very much am, you know, like if Jesse puts out a video, like, you know, this gun is underlooked or, or overlooked or something. And I'm like, Oh, what gun is that? I gotta see, you know, it's like, yeah, I get that. Like, it's almost like you want to stay up to date and you also mm-hmm. want to have like those perspectives of, from other people, you know? So I, I totally get that. But, um, yeah. 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 I, I would, I would be, I asked because I'm really curious. Um, I don't think we've ever talked, about like i'm curious i'm curious to hear your comments and critiques because um yeah just be interesting i don't know but well, I was in terms if... of the the video that you made the the editor that you the editing, yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah i mean I'll, I'll i'll have to watch it and, and let you know what i think maybe maybe we could talk about that next week i'll, I'll, I'll have to yeah. write it down so that I'll, I'll watch it and then uh let me see i'll, I'll write it right here in fact live I'll watch <laughs> the video and tell church next time there you go. It's written. It's written down. It's in in gospel now. So even if Airwing does like a guide video, you'll watch it. Yeah, sometime. probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If that it's like sense. hideout guide stuff, it's it's better. Like if it's like crafting guides, because sometimes because I don't keep a track unless you're making a video like that. Then I don't usually keep a track of like all the prices of all the things, and I don't actually have Tarkov Market. Funny enough, I'm probably the one of the most likely people to have it, but I, I actually mm-hmm. don't have it, and so. Sometimes it's a bit laborious going through all the different items, keeping a track of like what's going up and what's going down in price. So I do listen to his rundowns of that. Um, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it just it just depends on what people have produced, really. But as I said, I don't I don't really like watching raid stuff just because I feel like it's all kind of the same, right? Yeah, broadly, it's um, yeah. it's it's difficult to get anything. I mean, sometimes I will. Yeah, sometimes I will if. It's maybe, I don't know, a very specific like interchange raid or something mm. that I think, oh, oh it's like if it, I say interchange because that's like a, a map that I might be like, oh, I'm interested in in learning how this how this plays out. But then I'm actually probably more likely to watch rather than highlights. I'm more likely to watch like full the more like the longer ones, the full length ones to see like, OK, where did he like spawn? How did he go? Yeah, that kind of thing. So you get like even more context. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the ones that are, that are longer because. I want to see like, how people play the full, the full thing. Kind of like watching the, you know, the replay of someone else, how they did the whole thing. Because you want to know the full context of how do they respond to all the sound cues as they were entering yeah. and you know, going towards the hotspots and whatever. Because that, that's the stuff that you lack if you, don't, if you don't play as much or you're not as experienced on like any individual map. So, and those things you just get over time. And you can then kind of pick and choose individual raids that had action in them without actually having to go and do it yourself um well and you can like skip forwards through like the bits that you, you don't want to watch whatever so yeah that's um that's that's it really i would say in terms of in terms of vids that i, I tend to watch but I, I do i watch quite a lot I, I tend to watch the the ones that are more audio focused because there's quite a lot of the time that i will listen to what people have to say and that like raid stuff is just like you, you have to be watching what's happening otherwise it's not even worth putting on but I'll yeah. have like my noise cancelling headphones and my phone in my pocket and I'll be like doing whatever chores or something. And so I can listen to an ammo tier list 
doesn't really matter what's on the screen. Yeah, very efficient. Dude, you know me. It's all about efficiency. Like, <laughs> you have to, you, at some point, like, if you're doing as many things as I'm trying to, like, overlay on top of each other, you've got to be mm-hmm. doing, like, two things at once. Otherwise, it's just not, like, you're not going to get anything done. Or you're yeah. either not, or you're not going to sleep. I already don't sleep. So, it's, I don't know. It's, <laughs> that, that avenue, that, ave- that shortcut avenue is already, yeah, already gone. But anyway, you've been, you've been playing much Tarky um, this week? No, I have you've, you've been editing hard. Yeah, I mean, I have... Okay, I haven't logged on today to collect my Bitcoin and cycle the crafts, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. I just like I just fell off, and I don't know. Yeah. I if I get the time, I'll grind to max strength and probably do a video. Um, or well, at least yeah, how far did you get? What, what strength are you at now? I think I'm somewhere in the forties. I don't know. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I'm close. You know, hmm. so we'll see. We'll see if that comes but um anyways after that tangent how was your week and what have you been up to it's been it's been good it's been good um i've been yeah i've been, I've been super busy as always and so mm-hmm. what happened last time oh yeah on on the in the stream that i did which went fairly well i actually started properly transitioning over because i did the low recoil thing i actually have got like just hundreds of ak's in my, my <laughs> oh, I need yeah. to, like clear out of some of this stuff um, and so I basically like did the suppressors video, so I just got suppressors everywhere. I didn't want to mm-hmm. sell them because they're expensive, right? And then yeah, I've yeah. got like AKs everywhere. So now I've got like 308 muzzle adapters with like every possible suppressor combination mm-hmm. going onto these AKs. And um, yeah, it's fun. I was actually, you know, it's basically the first time this wipe I properly started using DP. I know it's super good. It's probably the meterist ammo in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it absolutely slaps. Like, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. It just kills everybody. And I think it's partly a combination of people using class four, people who are yeah. using class five are using the current or the gazelle, right? And it's like, yeah. it just annihilates the lower quality class fives because by the time the second hit comes, the durability has been destroyed and it just kills right. people. But well, it's yeah. not, yeah, it's just like that sweet spot where it's mm-hmm. like just into the rounds that do like a lot of damage do so like six or fifth was it 50 something 55 56 57 i can't remember what he does something like that yeah, yeah. Someone in that somewhere in that range so it's like a clear two tap of the thorax but you can make weapons down to like 44 50 like even if you even if you like kind of chill on the parts and you don't go crazy it's still a 60 you know and it's at a 600 rpm so it's like nice and controllable yeah. akms akmns it's uh, it's nice. So yeah, I started using those, and that, and that's that's been that's been really good. That's been really really fun. Um, I think that's the thing about BP two is that you have lots of automatic weapons that that cycle nicely. It's like yes, M sixty two and M eighty and M six one's great, but the good guns for that M one A and SR like the MDR is now really expensive because you can't buy it, and right. the other two are semis, which is fine. That's perfectly okay. But it is nice to have a big old beefy round that punches through people with like a cheap platform and goes on full auto and is like actually kind of controllable which um yeah i mean it's like i, I played like then a bunch of factory just just chilling I'll, I'll probably talk about it a bit later but basically i crafted um i kind of like switched from one to the other i crafted a load of pbp the old set that was used to be called 7m31 it was the old, the, the best nine mil ammo you can get that no one's using i've never seen anybody using it so far this wipe i've never been shot at with it i've never been killed with it um and I've, i don't think i've I looked in all my ammo boxes, actually. I don't even have any. I had none. So I couldn't mm. do anything. But that's why I had to make them, because I wanted to do some testing. And uh, I stuck it in the old MP5 SD, which doesn't have very good stats. 
for this wipe. It's got 800 RPM, so even though it's got 32 recoil on the box, it doesn't feel very good. The first couple of rounds jump like crazy, like the M4, um, which is a bit sad. And uh, I ran around the factory and absolutely slayed with it. It was really, really good fun. I don't understand really what, what happened. I think it's mm. just, it just feels kind of, just feels kind of neat. I don't know. It's maybe it's just because I used that gun so much before. I don't know. And I'm not, maybe I'm expecting, because I used the M4 quite a bit in this wipe even. And with every, literally everybody go around me just going like, why are you using the M4? This the M4's <laughs> terrible. Oh my God, 506 is so trash, guys. And so I've gone like one step even lower, right? Even worse ammo. Mm-hmm. Something that's even more sensitive to the recoil change, and I don't know, it's working. It's nice. Seems mm. seems to work for me. It's like killed a bunch of dudes um, with the SD, which is which is fun to use again. I mean, it's definitely not meta by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah, the gun's super light. Like I've been using like a really light kit, so I've been using like Gazelle Armor, um, Fate because I I've actually finished samples, so I got like oh, some face shields maybe on the LZSH. Yeah, I did it through the. Didn't go to labs once. I did it with the moonshine case and uh, okay. it's literally a combination of those two. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so I've got like face shield and uh, the gazelle on and, and this, this like SD is like super light. Um, and then maybe one of those, what they call like the Tarzan rigs or something. So you're like super light, really maneuverable, like really high movement speed mm-hmm, compared mm-hmm. to a lot of other people. And it just feels great. It just kills through class four, no problem. You can get headshots fairly. Once you've fired the first couple of rounds, you can because the thing is, yeah, the, the recoil nerfs are bad, right? But the gun does have 32 recoil in the stats. So when you get into the full auto thresh after you've fired like two or three rounds, that it is it is pretty laser beam. It doesn't really move once you've into that. So if you have a point blank fight, then mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of neat. So yeah, I've been like switching around, doing going that back and forth between BP and PvP. I've actually run out of PvP now. I've, I've it's, it's gone, so I'm I'm not making it anymore. I ended up like squeaking <laughs> the last few bits. I had like eight PvP at the top with like twelve six point threes underneath and like mm-hmm. ten PSTs at the bottom. I was oh like really God. trying to like squeeze out the absolute max that I could out of it, which is quite funny. Um, and I I had a really a really neat fight with with a guy on Factory where I, I ran in. His teammate, apparently, because I spoke to him afterwards on chat, and his his teammate got killed by these two hatchlings. I don't know what they had, um, maybe shotguns. But I ran in, I killed both of them, or the, the both of the naked guys. And then he was across the... the it was by sort of the med tent area. So like, the open area with med tent, you know, you've got the, those big cylinders. And if you go just just past them, if you're going from the new expansion with med tent into the old area kind of okay. towards postman pat that kind yeah. of direction yeah there's like i think it's like a the the back of like a flatbed truck or something without the cargo yeah. on it there's like a thing in the middle and we we had a fight over that and um he hit me in the face shield and then i died and i was like oh man that sucks and um i went into the the post raid screen and the dude had i i like i can't even remember which ammo it was because it was just something that i never ever used but it was one of the middle t- it was like pp it was like ppt for like nine by 18 i was like yeah dude really um <laughs> but it was two blunts to the face shield and then lower nape and i was oh like oh my god man like the one the one hitbox that you can't defend properly and then he but he, he was level 44 and he messaged me afterwards and was just like hey you the real, real gig reef i was like yeah yeah it's me and he was like dude how how did i kill you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i was like yeah he hit me in the face twice because i was actually like hmm, is that a little sus because literally, literally i'd like to be fair though all we could see was was each other's head so yeah kind of fine I, he wasn't gonna hit anywhere else because you couldn't see anywhere else right 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 but um, i said yeah you hit me twice in the face shield and then uh, and then lower naped me and he was just like oh man but i i took like 
Um, because he said, Oh, my mate died to the two the two Timmies, and I, I heard just death over there. So I came over and just sprayed at you. I, he was like, I didn't even know that I killed you. He was like, I ran off and ran straight into Killer and died immediately. I was like, Oh, so it was just a complete <laughs> mess then. Um, but I, I like, I like quickly clipped the thing and just like sent it to him. It was just like, Yeah, here's my perspective if you want to see it. So it was like, it was super wholesome and he was like super nice. So that that's was cool. That was, that was fun. So yeah, that's, that's kind of been, that's kind of been my week. Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the first, the first, the first topic on the general agenda. There hasn't been any news of, of any kind uh, that, of, that I don't think is worth talking about. I mean, what anyone who wants I mean, to the... update with maybe what might be coming is like Nice Guys videos, but he's like speculating about what might come. Uh, what, what were you gonna say? The Raider event's over. I mean, that's... yeah, exactly. And there so was the Raider like event's over. Everything's back to normal. Yeah, I didn't really watch Nice Guy's video that much. Um, but there was like some speculation on mm-hmm. certain things. I didn't I didn't really get it. But um yeah, as far as like official news or leaks or any of that stuff from BSG, pretty very dry as as it is. So Yeah, exactly. So um never fear the community can deliver <laughs> when there is not news so twitter blew up and i know not everybody is on twitter so it's sometimes good to just revisit you're Basically, welcome we are for you <laughs> <laughs> it seems to me what happened in the first place is people are finishing the content and getting a bit frustrated and the conversation of inertia kind of people talk about it all the time but this time it bubbled up into something more fierce i guess where mm-hmm. it just kind of got, went i don't know, just people were talking about it and it got some people's backs up and so it ended up in a bit of a bit of a situation with lots of people talking about it from different sides about whether it was good for the game whether it's destroyed the game whether it still sucks whether people still want it to be be changed or reverted or whatever were um, they really talking about that though or was it yes absolutely. more well was it more that they were saying the old they miss old Tarkov. Old Tarkov was better. Was that also Is that not the same thing? Yeah, um, yes, I agree with you, yes. But um I feel like it's all the same thing, right? It's just like people want it to be well, some people want it to be the way it used to be. Some people say I miss the old Tarkov, but mm-hmm. I understand why it has to be this way. Um but that's I think that's what catalyzed the whole explosion of kind of uh, mm-hmm. of people talking and, and whatnot about about inertia in particular. I mean, inertia seemed to be the, the it was the topic that started all of the drama in the first place. Um, I mean, this is the thing, right? It's just like people on one side saying the game's going to continue to go this direction. Mm-hmm. And other people saying, well, you know, we need to give our feedback. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, 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 it's a tricky one, right? It's, it's a tricky thing of like people are completely okay to rant on Twitter and stuff, but it's like not gonna it's not gonna change anything unless it comes through the right format. I think this talk of reporter re retweet something from Tobias, I think basically like it has to, you know, if if there's actual critical analyses that people can do on the way that things are and the way that things should be, that's the kind of stuff that gets attention rather than just raising hell on on Twitter. I think there there was yeah. one particular message series that i read from him talking to somebody else about well what do you what exactly do you want changed and people i don't know what it's, it's very hard to like 
if you're not if you're not very precise about what you're actually asking for specifically, then mm-hmm. nothing's ever going to change, right? And so you need to be very, very particular. Like if if I was giving feedback about Notion, I I can't really be bothered because the the system doesn't really it it just doesn't bother me that much. Like it it's okay, and yeah, it could be tweaked, but I'm I'm happy for them to sort of tweak it as they see fit. But if it, if it was me and I had to write a critique on something, then I especially the one part I wish that the the slowdown was faster. I don't I don't mind speeding up being slow. So you're going from stationary to moving. But I do think the slowdown needs to be quicker. And mm-hmm. we've discussed before, if you just let go of the keyboard, it is quicker than mm-hmm. holding one side and holding the other. And those two things need to be brought in line. That would be my personal critique about it. Because I think when you hold down a button and you move, mm-hmm. you feel in control there because you're accelerating your character. When you let yes. go of that button and the character continues to move, that's when it feels bad, I think. But it's very yeah. hard to know without without being able to like go through and change it like a couple of times and try out a load of different parameters. It's very difficult to know because the the feel of it is very different to you know, some numbers in the spreadsheet or or whatever it might be that mm. actually changes the the values on this kind of thing. So I don't know. It's yeah, it's it's difficult. It's funny because they said that I did. There's one thing though that I do think about, which is. BSG say, well, we've had, you know, we tested it extensively with people on ETS and, and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And I just wonder how many people actually play ETS. That's, that's just one thing that I, I wonder and <laughs> how much like actual feedback they get from ETS. Like people who are in ETS, because the, the people who are in ETS tend to be full time content creators and stuff, right? And those people are busy making their content and playing yeah. the live version of Tarkov, not ETS. And so it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a difficult one. Um, I'm not actually sure about that so much. It makes me, it does make me wonder about the quality, of the feedback necessarily. I don't yeah. know. I'm sure some people are very meticulous, but as many things are in, in life, it's a bit of a mixed bag. I've heard from uh, secret sources, but I'll, I'll give you a, a funny story. So one guy, there was a group of people on the ETS. They were testing this is all word of mouth rumored you know it, mm-hmm. this this is you know take it with a grain of salt but they were trying to meet up and raid and test different things right and one guy was saying why are you guys doing this like you know like or, or i can't remember exactly details but he was basically saying bro i'm just here to, to get kills and, and loot and stuff like i don't care about that and it was just like a major facepalm moment that someone actually was like yeah i don't know like just like this is just another game for me to play like it's just like so weird you know so anyways point being i, I laughed earlier because i thought of that story and it's just like yeah. yeah i'm it's i'm i'm sure it's a mixed bag and to your point I think it is a little difficult for content creators to um, dedicate that time and then not be able to like reap anything from it. Besides, you could argue like a long game, like, oh man, this is like a dark argument, but you know, like, oh, here's my feedback because this is good for my content or whatever. That's like a really dark mm. argument. But point being is that I think it's hard for people that do. Um, these types of videos that are very like scientific, very analytic, um, you know, I think of like a Veritas science video. Um, I, I would imagine it'd be kind of like, yeah, difficult to 
dedicate the time to do research and then not be able to do anything with it other than just like a, you know, here you go, BSG type of thing. You know what I mean? That makes any sense. But um, that aside, I, I completely sidetracked myself and you probably, so. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like, I guess it was the, yeah, mainly the inertia thing, but then there was like a whole other stuff, set of stuff that kind of came out in the community with people talking about the game and like there was a whole, the whole strange side tangent of, of, of drama that came up around like people who play the game full time, they only play Tarkov, but people who don't like playing the game anymore because the way it's gone, but they rely on it for their, their income and that's like it's much more tricky there it's like you know if you're just playing the game and you don't like the game anymore then you can just go but if you have been playing the game for like three years or something and it's the existing form and then the game changes then it's a difficult it's a difficult decision for these people right because they've built up their whole audience around one game and especially i think i think it's especially for people who are known for being super good as well because then mm. it's very it's a very specific tarkov thing and if you switch to another game like there's a learning curve there like they're probably going to be cracked at something else but it still takes time mm-hmm. and people are yeah known for being really really good at that one individual thing so it's, it's that tricky one of if people aren't enjoying the game now you know if people are like well you know you just go and go and play something else and it's like well it's not not necessarily that straightforward and while while i do feel for for those guys well, I do feel for those guys, like the game doesn't like owe them anything, in my opinion. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's tricky. Like the situation for them, right? It's that definitely sucks. Like, don't get me wrong, it definitely sucks. Like, I'm not like unsympathetic. But it was, you know, it's always possible that the game changes or something happens or whatever. And it's a bit like any enterprise where you're like super reliant on like one individual thing like there's risk involved in that and that's that's true for any business right it's not just streaming talk of this anything you know if you if you and i don't know i run a cake shop but you only get you have like there's only one place that that farms you know the, the raw material that you need nearby and they have a huge fire and it shuts down well that your business is like that's it you know so it's like there's, there's no it's, i just don't feel like it's any different and it sucks for these people but they should yeah, at least, at least if they're like not enjoying it now, and it's still running now, and they're st- it's still working, they're just not enjoying it that much, right? I think the onus is really on them to try and fix that themselves. You know, that's a, like it's it's a decision they have to make about how to transition, right? It's like it's 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 for them to to decide on how to do that and what they want to do. I think not really on the game. You know, it's just, the game is completely separate from that. Um, it's kind of their choices that have kind of led them to this place in the first place and um, only they can really fix it and get themselves out of it is, is in my opinion <laughs> but what you're saying is that they built up a business and that business is around you know them doing a particular set of actions right Mm-hmm. And people go to them for that. Like, let's take Landmark for as an example. Um, I think Landmark got started from... I don't want to say got started, but I think a, you know, a big spike in 
Landmark's popularity was from Pestelli raiding him. I think Pestelli's told the story before. Um, but he was really, you know, he was really good at the game. And I think that people would go to him or, yeah, we'll stick with Landmark. We'll go to him to see he's good at the game. But I think, you know, I, at least this is my opinion. I find now that Landmark has really evolved a lot and that he's much it's less about going to watch landmark play tarkov it's more about going to watch landmark you know what i mean like there's a difference there um and he's he's like i personally find him very entertaining um i don't really watch a lot of twitch i'm more of a youtube guy but nonetheless i think that that's sort of the shift because i find when landmark's you know occasionally i'll look i'll look on twitch and i'll see like who's doing what and one nine, I'll see Landmark's like playing Call of Duty, and he still has really healthy numbers. Like maybe, sure. I mean, it's not exactly fair because we're talking fifty percent, maybe, you know, of of what he normally has. Um, and because he has such a larger number of viewers, I mean, that's a lot more. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's percentages, but when you talk about the actual difference, um, it's pretty pretty significant. You know, if you compare it to like. 200 viewers to like you know half of that is 100 or even like 30 percent like you know 50 or something and uh, it's whereas like landmark you know half of that is like 15,000 viewers that's you know that's a lot more so anyways it's a little bit different but the point being is that what i'm trying to say to you is that what you're saying essentially is that you know if you (sighs) there's like two things going on one is that first thing where like you have your business and that's your strategy, right? And if something in the affects that business, then your strategy kind of gets thwarted. The other part is sort of the balance between your mental sanity, I guess, and running your business. <laughs> you know, it's like kind of like the guy going, you know, stuck in like a shitty job or whatever, but it's like, you know, either I don't eat or I, you know, keep. yeah. So, I I, I kind of, you know, that's like the sympathetic side and I can see that. But I think that what you're saying essentially is, is that it's not on the game. It's almost as if they are asking that someone change their business strategy for them. And then some roundabout way. Kind of. Yeah. It's like, because like if you had the glory days, um, you know, you're like the economy. Okay. I'll stop using metaphors. The <laughs> the game is like one-to-one to what you want it to be. And like, you're enjoying yourself and like, you're getting a lot of uh, viewers and things like this, you know, it's like, it's really good. You know, it's like you're reaping a lot, but when that changes, um, I don't know. Like I would love to see the analytics on this stuff. Cause like, would they lose viewers? You know, if, because the game change, all of a sudden it's like, well, I only came here to watch you play, be good at this version of the game. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does, yeah. I think, like, to that particular point, um, mm-hmm. and I mean, maybe, yeah, well, don't want to labor the point for, for too long on, on this stuff, but um, okay. I think to, like, that particular point, I think I do I do appreciate from some of the top guys, and I, I put a tweet out about this, right, which is the way that I feel about the situation, which is that, I do, and actually, I think you maybe posted the opposite. So I'm interested to see what you think about this because I yeah. I put out a tweet that said, 
I think that the skill cap of the game at the top end has been lowered, but it was also necessary. And for me, it's a little bit mm-hmm. like the flea market, right? Like I, for one, really enjoyed the flea market, the way that it was. I really enjoyed it. It actually plays into my style of the get of like it's not like in the game stuff, right? But it's like economic stuff, like spotting opportunities, that kind of thing. Like that's stuff that I'm quite good at. And when that was removed, the part of the game that I enjoyed was removed. Is the game better off for that? Yes, it is. But I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I agree with the, the removing that section, but um, but it was something that I liked. And so that's kind of like, you know, it's kind of the same thing in some ways. It's like, uh, you know, the game, if you're looking at, if you're thinking about it as a competitive shooter and pitching your skills against other top players, pre-inertia Tarkov, I think, had a higher skill ceiling. So the differentiating factor between two players of similar but not equal skill, I think previously it was higher and more differentiating, and now it is less differentiating. I think there are now less options for players in fights because there are less places to go. There is less opportunities and avenues for movement. There is, you know... But that comes part and parcel with the way that the game is going, which is that it's supposed to be more tactical, slower paced, right? It's not supposed to be about who can get the, you know, the... 15 degree lean, quick lean like snap headshot around the corners right you know glorious dude's like an absolute monster at that but mm-hmm. and i actually really enjoyed watching him take those shots and just be good at that stuff but it's not it shouldn't really be in the game right it's not the way the game is supposed to play out and so they took took away that that kind of thing and that's just the way that i see it right and that's why my tweet was just like these two things can be the can be both true at the same time that yeah it's actually bad for competitive play in general but the game's not a competitive game so you know whatever and it's also necessary right these two things can all can both be true at the same time like both of you guys are right you know there's people always people arguing about you know oh the game's less competitive da, 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 and other people being like yeah but you know the game's always going this way it needs inertia da, da, da. And like they can both they're both they're both kind of right you know but it just depends on what the, the your perspective on the game so some of the top guys who, and it generally tends, I mean, I, I know it's uh, almost a meme at this point, but the guys who play labs only because they tend to be the, the people who are the best at the game, right? Mechanically speaking, are the people that don't like this stuff as much because it made that specific subset of the game less satisfying for them. That, you know, if you're really yeah. super cracked, you probably die more than you did before. Does that have an impact on viewership if we're talking strictly Twitch as a business? Maybe, you know, if you're not clearly as good as you were previously, because now fights that used to be 70-30 are now 55-45. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good enough mechanically to, to tell you that that's the case. I don't know. But you can just see from the way that people are talking about it that that's at least how people feel. And that it promotes types of gameplay that they don't like playing, that are unfun for their viewers I to think watch. That's... Like people holding angles and dying, right? That's that kind of thing, um, which yeah. is where they're, they're coming from. But... To my original point, I mean, the game is not there to justify your streaming. The game is there mm-hmm. on its own, right? Right. And, and the, you then take your opportunities that you can from a business side from what exists. And you need to have... I mean, it's not like Tarkov's made it a secret what they're wanting in the future. Mm-hmm. So... It's also a little bit less like the random barn fire destroys all the crops <laughs> because this path is going to continue. Nikita said it's going to continue this way. So I think people just have to get used to it, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I, I do kind of feel on the point of that the old, you know, patches were more fun for, you know, my play style or whatever. Like, I do kind of like mm. feel that because I personally really like going fast. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. It's just as <laughs> weird. Like, even Gotta in Rocket, <laughs> even in Rocket League, dude, I just like, sometimes I'll just like, go for like the most difficult impossible shot like full momentum don't stop and i'll like completely whiff every time but it's still just like something about just like yeah so like and i remember watching a bake easy highlight video and dude the guy was just like like the literal essence of cracked like he was like the next he was running from one direction you know free looking and then the next frame was like he did a complete 180 and was running and looking at the opposite direction. Like, and it was just like, boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, whoa. You know what I mean? Now, I personally think that there's like a weird curve. And I don't know how to explain it well, but for me at least, how I see it is, I talked about this before, so I'll try to be brief, is I felt as if the default play at some point was to just constantly be moving right Mm. and there really wasn't any penalties like i just felt like i could just sprint anywhere and if i get shot at no problem just lock on target ad ad you know he can't hit me essentially like it's just it's kind of crazy how it how it used to be um because your movement was just your changing direction was just there was no inertia it was instant and i always felt like if you took two players of like equal skill level right and you put them in a scenario where they have they're in a hallway they're both like exposed they're both aiming at each other and you hit go and they both shoot each other they're both going to do the same movement which is just spamming adad right and i always felt that that was like a bit of a crutch because there was a certain there's a certain like threshold like once you reach this certain skill level if you will um you obtain the knowledge and power of spamming ADAD and it just sort of like boosted you to the to the next next like you just skipped a bunch of tiers. You know what I mean? Like your power yeah. level just increased a lot. At least this is how I, I felt, right? Whereas now I don't really have that crutch. So I have to like be very mindful of my positioning and I find there's a big emphasis on right side peaking which i think there was previously but especially now because you don't have that other crutch or tool set um i just find right right holding right angles and right side peaking is just like super strong like you can still be aggressive um but you just have to like play around the fact that you can't instantly change your direction and make it harder hit and then the other part that i think that sort of like muddied the skill level a bit was when in the past, as I said, with AD strafing, it made tracking really difficult because you, you're not able, you basically have to guess if they're going to continue strafing or when they're going to change the direction. And you can't actually like react fast enough because there is no smooth movement. It's just instant. So you add, you add that on, or you take that and you add on top of aim punch where they're, character model is moving up your camera is moving up your vision gets blurred right so it just becomes like this really messy firefight like i've had some firefights where it's just like man 
I probably shouldn't have won that, but you know, it just just so happens I won that. Um, so I felt like the older. What I'm trying to say is, I, I think that the older Tarkov and the AD no inertia. There was this weird point once you like get comfortable with the game, and then you learn the AD spamming. You just your your power level just goes way up. Whereas now I think that it's a lot more linear or smoother, I guess, and that um it's and it's like actually punishing. Like you know, you if you run I can't just hold shift and then instantly default ADAD. You know what I mean? I have to actually be mindful of the a system. And I like that because I think it adds more depth. And yeah. That's, I think I know what you mean. I think I know what you mean. It's like it's a hard thing to explain, but yeah. You know. Yeah, like even if it's almost like a step change thing. It's like, oh, you suddenly unlocked, you know, the advanced tube or whatever. So now your guns can just all have like much lower recoil. But it's like, oh, you've just you understood the ADAD situation. So now you're on par with all the other people who are ADADing, and now but now and now we reset everybody because everyone's now at the same level who is doing that. You stomp on everyone who's not doing it. Anyone who is doing it, now you're playing again within your skill brackets. And mm-hmm. someone who's better will probably still win because they'll pre-fire you better or they'll predict you better or nade sure. you better or flush you out better, whatever. Um, whereas before it was like, yeah, it was like that step change. Whereas now, as you say, it's everyone's sort of back onto a more even even footing. And I think that's why like, I was very precise with the way I tried to describe it and saying that it's about like, like mechanically the skill the skill cap was higher before because now i actually agree with you that like tactically speaking there's more to think about right because now cover's more important now there's var- you know there's various elements that have now been boosted in terms of importance and what has been pulled back again a little bit is is like specifically movement and you know yeah, just, as you said about big easy right like swinging around changing direction uh, all of that stuff has been pulled back and so yeah there's emphasis now on different things and it's more punishing in some ways um dude i had like you just reminded me i had one fight with a guy like oh my god it was in forklift right and i was reviewing the clip um and he just was like in the back room and i fought somebody else outside and i knew he was in there because i heard him like reload his magazine or something and i had my mp5 sd with pvp ammo in it and i was like right we're just gonna have to I looked around and I was like, oh, this dude's like behind the box for sure. Like 100% behind the box. I'm just going to have to come out just pre-firing. <laughs> and I like step around the corner. And as soon as I come through the door, I get shot basically in the arm. Oh. And the guy's got a flashlight. I can see he's got a flashlight. Mm. I'm just like, this is going to be a rough fight. So I get yeah. shot in the arm and he's got a flashlight on as I step around the, around the corner. I think I fired, I must have fired the whole mag. I think I killed him after like 20, 20 shots or something, 22 shots. And then finished the rest of them off into the wall behind him. And I went back to review the clip just to, because I was actually looking at the armor because I had, um, I had a gazelle on and it went from, it wasn't a full one, but it was like fifth. I think I'd repaired it once. So it was n- not 65 max. It was down at 57 or something because I'd repaired it one time after it getting zeroed. And it was at 57. And I got the, the, so the guy had a red, like near stock M4 uh-huh. with 855 in it. Mm. I'm not actually, it's very difficult to tell, even if you look frame by frame at your model, it's very hard to tell these days what hit the armor and what didn't hit the armor. But anyway, I got completely shredded by this guy. He blacked out both of my arms first. And then there's like, it's either like random blunt damage happening, or I I can see the armor gets hit at least twice. And the gazelle has like five out of 56 against like 855, right? 
And I was like, how does that even happen for one? Like I was, I was nearly dead because uh, I got shot in the blacked out arm like once or twice. And I was like, splash damage across everywhere or, or whatever. But as I was going through the fight, literally like the moment I stepped through the door, like, I couldn't really see him anyway because of the flashlight. As soon as he hits my arm, from that moment to the end of the fight, my screen is either blurred, like flash lit only, plus blur, his muzzle flash, like my character's pain thing. Mm. There is not a single frame between the moment in which I stepped into the room <laughs> and his death where I can actually see on the screen. Yeah. And like, and when you play it in normal speed, just because of like the way our brains work, right? And just like our heuristics about how we understand, because you can, you can see, you know, as anyone who's like an experienced player, you can see the movement of his character through all of the crap on screen, right? You can, you can like, you can right. work it out because you can just see like shadows of like legs and arms strafing and muzzle flash going off. Um, someone said in chat, actually, he could have top loaded another ammo. That's actually, that is totally possible. He was level 16, so I'm not sure. He could have, he could have, though. He could have, that's that's fair. Fragmentation was the other thing I was going to say. Or fra- or, yeah, exactly, or fragmentation. I feel like one of them might have hit the arm and then hit the armor afterwards or something as well. I don't, I don't know. It was, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a mess. But anyway, you can kind of see what's going on at full speed, actually better than any of the individual static screenshots, weirdly, because of the way that your brain interprets the movement of the other player. But after looking at it, I was like, man, that is absolutely wild. Like it is, it was, it's so hard to see, even in full, um, even in like full normal speed, trying to watch it back. I was just like, I can't see anything. Like the dude's just like a huge white blur in the middle that gets whiter as his gun fires and is like all blurred out because I've got two black arms at this point and like the pain situation going on. And it was just me holding down mouse one and like, ah, you know, until the guy's dead. Which which was pretty nuts. It was pretty nuts. So yeah, I, I don't know the the whole. It's less about aim punch for me, and it's about it's about that like overall blurring. Because I've seen like sometimes when you and you only notice it when you go back through and like edit clips in like minute detail. And I've seen that before where you get hit a couple of times and the screen goes from like blurry into yeah. normal. I've seen yeah. that like multiple times. But this one was like no respite. Just the mm. whole thing blurred until the man fell on the floor. <laughs> um and i was like okay maybe that's a bit much i mean i think he did to be fair he did actually shoot me a lot he hit me a lot um so he was probably quite angry about that but i don't know it is what it is but yeah no i'm not sure exactly where i was going with that but just you reminded me because of that insane scenario and i almost didn't kill him with a much better kit even though i shot him a bunch of times as well just simply because you just can't see you just you just can't see especially if the guy's got a flashlight like it's it's wicked bright yeah, I mean, after having this conversation, I'm starting to think that this is intentional from BSG Design in that, you know, they, like, when we just talk about things that, like, you know, inertia, um, aim punch, the blur, the pain, the all the visual stuff, the flashlights, the weapon jams, like, all these things kind of, like, di- dilute the mechanical aspects in a way and they sort of make it more of a even playing ground in a sense um i don't know that's interesting um like you know for me the blurry aim punch isn't really my favorite thing (laughs) in the world i would you know i think 
most games have some type of aim punch, but you know, I would I would much prefer not to have a blurry vision effect, but it does add that sort of very strategical element where, you know, you know that if I shoot this guy, he's going to lose stamina, he's going to be aim punched, you know, he's going to get blurry vision if I hit, you know. Cuz I think if it hits the armor, you don't get the blurry vision. I don't know. Anyways, that fun fact, but it, sure. but but back on back on topic um so yeah i i think that now i understand your point better and i agree that the mechanicalness of the movement has decreased a bit and in some weird ways it's changed it's changed because of the bug you can do of like letting go of your keyboard and pressing the opposite direction but anyways i digress um i see your point now is that yeah there is a lot less things you could do because the movement was so freeing. You could do some really crazy stuff. Um, and that was like a very high, you know, I don't, I think your average gamer wouldn't necessarily be able to do yeah. what big keys could do. You know what I mean? I think that's a kind of a higher mechanical skill gap thing. And I also think that um, you sort of enlightened what I was saying is that it's made it more strategic now so it's like you've you've changed the the bars a bit so that's interesting so yeah. yeah i mean i think like for me it's probably even changed the way that i play you know after going through my rust like a month ago or something and coming out the other side you know reborn the phoenix uh, as a as a new tarkov player but it's kind of just like revisiting old principles and things that work and the way that mm. kind of like the way that is it's almost i've almost gone back to like the way that i used to play tarkov before it was good you know what I mean? Like I used to play really strategic tactical Tarkov before that was the play. <laughs> and oh, so I've yeah. just basically I've gone back to that and that now works really well because it's just like, oh, if you have like a 1v1 with a guy, you're both spraying at each other and you can't see anything. It's very hard to, you know, just rush into people because holding angles is a bit stronger now and the peak's advantage is, is not gone, but it's it's lessened because it's harder to turn around that corner and right side peaking is so much harder, whatever. And I get way more kills just being super strategic and killing people when they don't even see mm -hmm. me. You know, that's the best way because you, if you're not getting shot at, you're not getting aim punched. If you're not getting shot at, then you're not getting the blurry vision. If you're not getting shot at, then you can just put pressure on people and tap them out. You know, it's, uh, it's funny. I had um, an interesting one on interchange because I, I think I had to do some, I think I just had to extract. I think I had daily. I can't remember which, exactly what it was. I think it was just one of those. And, um, oh no, no, it wasn't that. It was, uh, I finally, I finally pursued down the skier quest line past chumming. That was, that was it. Because <laughs> you have to do five kills on interchange and you have to do them mm -hmm. at night. I don't like night raids. I also <laughs> don't like interchange. And so the combination of the two means I get there every wipe and just go, ah, and I do every other possible quest. And then eventually I'm just like, man, I probably should get back and do this one. And the, and the thing is, I, the way I ease into it is I normally go like, oh, is now the time? No, is now the time? No, it's not. And I go, ah, yes, because it's it's 10 p.m. till 10 a.m. that you can do those kills, right? Mm -hmm. And so usually the way I ease into it is I do a couple of raids at like 7, 8 a.m. when it's light, it's daytime. Mm -hmm. um, but it still counts for the first bit anyway. I mean, so long if you get in at 7, then it's pretty much the whole raid. But if you're getting in at 9, you only have the first 15 minutes. You basically have to run rush spawns and then leave otherwise. So I had a couple of those games where I did actually manage to go in and get some kills in the day, in, in the mm -hmm. morning, the early morning, which is fine. And I had four out of five and I finished some other stuff. 
that I had to do on stream. And I was like, guys, should we, should we, should we just do this one? Should we just do this? We were like toying back and forth about, I'm, go- I'm just going to stay outside. I'm not going into the mall. Like, there's no chance. Am I even going to wear NVGs? Is it worth it outside? I don't know. And some people are like, it depends on the weather. And I'm just like, oh, but I can't trust the weather on the thing. And we had like, this whole conversation about like whether I'm going to go in or not. And it was like midnight interchange. I was like, uh, so I ended up going in without NVGs. It was actually fairly clear and I could see just fine, actually. It was, it was okay. It, it wasn't a problem. And just like taking it, you know, tactical, nice and slow, whatever through the scav camp area, um, you know, that that general bit on the road where there's all the yeah. tents and stuff. Like the, the place people usually go for scavs outside and see some dudes there and they've just like heard them anyway. Like they've run past and just like, you know, sneak up in the bush, track them. <laughs> One guy's coming across, BP straight through the head. It's like throw two grenades, run around the outside, come in from the complete other side. So like exactly where the guy's not expecting me to come in from come through i'm just like you know really cautious just like i know that this other guy there like there's no way i killed him with that grenade maybe i did but i'm just not going to even consider that possibility sneak around being like super super careful and then finally like spot somebody walking up and just bp through his head as well i was like i thought it was a scav turned out it was the second guy from the duo um i killed both those guys and finished chumming and i was like this is that's that's like textbook tarkov though to me i've just been doing like tons of like huge wide flanks like as soon as I kill somebody or like you fire a couple of shots like and people say like reposition dude like I come in from literally like and I know this has always become a joke with like airing and me because every, every time he's in my chat he's just like giggers like off on one like insane I'll be like halfway around the map I'm like yeah I started over at you know gas station and I'm now at you know I'm I'm down at like are you a roadblock or something I'm like on, mm-hmm. on a different map entirely with the with the length of this the, flank and sometimes they end up flanking into other groups and things yeah, like it's, the it's longest, actually crazy yeah, the know. longest flanks ever yeah, yeah. So, so but that's like quite you know because before I was basically between the scav camp and the mall mm-hmm. and then I came in and they were running towards railway and I basically came in, I like just hard sprinted and then came in from the railway end so I was like if the guy's trying to exfil still like he's going to run into me but he's going to run into me the way that he doesn't think I am so um but that that's like that stuff has been working really 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 well like super well like it's honestly the best i've been playing in ages in terms of getting kills and that kind of stuff but i think that all of this all of this stuff that has that has come through is has, has helped right it's like this is the way the game is is played now and it's so risky to be in 1v1 situations trying to out aim somebody especially if you're an average aimer you know like if you're cracked then like fine you know maybe you can get away with it some more but you're still probably occasionally going to get caught out and now it's harder to recover because you you can't get back into cover as much anymore and all the blurriness and stuff like it makes it just makes it hard to figure out where people are shooting you from it's just tricky it's not easy um Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know like i think i think it's done what they wanted it to do and hopefully people are playing the game the way that they want people to be playing but for me it seems to be it seems to be working yeah i think it's also in line with their whatever their target audience is i don't know what that is exactly but um when i first started playing tarkov you know you learn trying to learn the game there's a lot to learn whatever but i you know i consider myself a very comfortable fps player but um of course, you know, the intensity of Tarkov, you know, the nerves get to you and things like this. I, I I just found that I was dying a lot and I didn't really understand 
how to play this game because there's all these mechanics. There's a, a slow lean. There's the regular lean. You can adjust your height position. You can prone. You can crouch. You can uh, change your walking speed. You can sprint. You can power slide. Uh, you can overhead blind fire. You can you can do all these things, right? And eventually, you know, and I'm I'm really glad that I played Factory because eventually it just became, oh, this isn't a tactical shooter necessarily. This is just like kind of arcadey in a way, you know. Mm. It was like that that sort of like breaking point from when I was first playing the game and whatever patch that was, you know. Once I sort of grasps that like oh i can i can sort of play this like a more traditional fps and it works really well um so i think that inertia is going to sort of be more in line with how they see the game and how they want um or more so the the target audience you know it's not going to be this weird disillusioned thing where it's just like you know why is this arcadey you know player first person shooter play style like more effective than this more tactical thing that i've you know you sold the gaming the game on the game on me well the other thing i was going to say and we'll get we'll get back to the drama because i know you guys are dying <laughs> you guys are dying to get to the to twitter drama so here's what bugs me about inertia is that i got my controller here okay and as you know, they're, the trigger buttons are analog. So if you mm. squeeze slowly, you know, you're, if you're playing like a racing game, you will slowly accelerate the gas. And if you squeeze all the way down, then, you know, it's like full throttle. Whereas a keyboard, it's not analog. It's, I don't know what it is. It's fucking button Digital. press. Yeah. So you... you push it and no matter how soft or hard you push it it's always going to be at 100% right so it really makes racing games very difficult because a you can't control your acceleration b you can't control how much steering you do like they have some accessibility options which you can like take a slider and say how aggressive you want the steering mm -hmm. to be but it's usually just a game of like tapping a and d to try to like go in a straight line or try to like slightly turn it's actually fun funny but um nonetheless how does this relate to tarkov well i find with how other developers have sort of like overcome this with in terms of like inertia movement is that since you can't control how fast you want to accelerate they'll have like a walking speed right and you can sort of like some games will have a very simple thing you can like press one button and now you're walking, and when you release it, now you're moving normally, right? Um, as far as inertia goes, how Tarkov has done it, and the reason why I think it feels bad, is because when you're moving in a direction you're accelerating, and you let go, you sort of like are still moving, right? And mm -hmm. we'll we'll put the inertia hack, if you will, whatever you want to call it, in a in a bucket outside of this. But if you try to press in the opposite direction, nothing happens. It's like it still plays that that movement, right? As as you're moving forward, yeah. And how other games overcome this is they sort of like 
merge the two. So if you're moving in one direction, you can also move in another direction, but the two forces will cancel each other out over time, right? So they sort of like play the same animation. And I think that for me, like it's just, it's just, I remember day one of the white dude playing Scav on Lighthouse. I was, I was, I literally felt like I was drunk. Like I could not walk in a straight line because my character was like sliding with the movement. So I was like trying to like move through doorways inside a house. And I, I was, I'm, I'm not exaggerating Gigabee. <laughs> I mean, I probably am a little bit, but I could not walk in a straight line and get to like inside the room and loot the duffel bag. It was that, that crazy. And that's probably just partly because, you know, instantly change and <laughs> environment and whatnot. But the the point being, I think for me, inertia would feel a lot more in place and make a lot more sense because, like I said, we don't have that analog controller. So when I'm sprinting over weight you know in real life and i want to slow down i'm putting some force to slow down you know what i mean it's not mm. like i'm just like i'm gonna keep running whoa i'm falling forward you know i'm gonna just let gravity do its thing and i'll slowly come to a stop you know it's just, it's it's you actually put some force backwards and i think giving that to the player where like they can actually interact with the game in a sense mm -hmm. to to do that I think that would make it feel a lot better and they could, the values could be whatever, you know, whatever they see fit. But I think just having that in there would just make it feel so much better. So that would be when people let go, you'd have to actually press, let's say you're running forwards, you'd have to actually press backwards to try and slow yourself down. Or is it, or would it just be like letting low of the keyboard completely? It would automatically happen. So as it stands currently, when you let go of the keyboard completely, it automatically happens, right? Where eventually yeah. you you could have you could have a mix of both so in other words you know in real life i could just let go metaphorically speaking of of the key mm -hmm. and just keep running until i fall to a stop or i could apply some force of my legs and, and slow myself down so you could have both you could have as a system currently stands or you can yeah. also have where you could apply some type of negative force to that direction wonder how that would feel that'd be that's the, that's really all all that matters with this stuff isn't it it's just like how would that actually feel to play mm -hmm. like would it feel weird to be moving left and then you you press right to like move right quicker as opposed to coming to a stop left or like forwards and then you're trying to press backwards to change the or to stop faster i just don't, i don't know how that would feel mechanically with your hand which is mm -hmm. something that's important for the game but not important for yeah. realism which is kind of a funny thing actually but that's that's important as to how it ends up feeling so well, i don't see, know it's an interesting it's an interesting idea i would argue it is important for realism because that's kind of my argument is that in real life i don't just stop running i apply some negative force to me and i'm saying the game doesn't allow me to act that out it it oh, just automatically does that for me which is the part of inertia that i'm most critical about that i don't like because mm. it's it's like i have no it's like the pmc auto recoil can thing you know it's like i don't really have any control it's the game's doing it for me like it you know it's it's a weird i'm doing it for me in one specific way that doesn't allow me right. to tailor it to the situation i'm in that's the, that's what you're saying right so, yes yeah that I, I i get what you're saying there you're saying okay fine we've got a keyboard um, analogy is the wrong word but a keyboard analogy of you walking forwards and either coming to a gentle stop or trying to dramatically change your speed which you would be able to do it in IRL, but 
but not if not with the existing system. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it would depend on how it felt. I think to the player. Yeah, that's um, yeah for sure. I just I do just think it's unfortunate that we don't get to test some of these things. That there aren't more test beds for this stuff where you could change values and, and that kind of thing. And I know that they don't really want to do it that way. It's not really the way mm-hmm. the EFT has been done, but I wish there was more support for this kind of thing. Yeah. Even It'd if it nice. was, doesn't doesn't need to be part of the official, official game, but to allow people to do some stuff if they're that, if they're super interested, right? To have like some ways of having a controlled test environment. That means you need to be logged into your account and connected or whatever. There's, you're never going to go online necessarily and play against others. I mean, yeah, more extent. Honestly, a more extensive offline mode would be really, really handy. And I know they said they're going to bring in a multiplayer offline mode, but to be able to actually do that, one, to be able to trust the results of the offline mode because it's the, the making sure it's actually the same build as the real game because it's not because it isn't always this is why if you try to submit anything to the wiki from offline mode they won't accept it because offline mode isn't always the same build as the actual live server game version which is interesting um and yeah and to allow it to be multiplayer because then people would be able to do the various things that people like veritas do the stuff that i test you know it would make it so much easier to figure out what was going on because at the moment you have to do all kinds of dark arcane magic to test some of this stuff or go into raid with like live real like people the fact that people still have to go into live real raids with real gear out of their actual stash to Mm -hmm. go and test like values ammo and stuff in like a live raid where people are killing them is just weird i just don't think it's like what what's the point of that I don't, really, I don't really get it. Where it complicates things, it's like, you know, is it a beta? Is it a live service game? I mean, I've played in some betas in the past, and I mean, things were different back then. I mean, you could have your own private servers, you know. So it's like, yeah, things are different in the modern gaming age, but yeah. it's, it is what it is, you know. Exactly. And that's the thing. You could argue that BSG are testing they're testing the community as much as they're testing the game. You know, it's like, how much does the community find out and work out from our stuff? You know, if we make changes, how quickly does the community find out? Like, what yeah. is their feedback based on the things we check? We know the actual answer. What does the community come to as a conclusion? Mm-hmm. If you wanted to make that argument, I'm not sure if that's entirely valid, but you, you could make that argument. Um, anyway. Anyway, anyway, any any more any more on inertia? Any more on, on this topic? I probably. I don't think so, man. I just think I'm going to say about it. I I mean, the only thing I'll say is, I do think that you know you sort of started this conversation with the phrase, the joking phrase of how like, you know, around three months this this type of stuff comes up, and it really yeah. does come up, and it's not necessarily inertia; it's just more so the i don't i don't know what it is and and i think it i think that's oversimplification of the answer is that there's not enough content in tarkov and people are just whining to whining or venting to vent and i get that and yeah i mean it is what it is but um i don't know man i don't know we'll see what the next in six months from now we'll see what the next hot topic is and hot takes are coming out so 
exactly is going to be how how busted the lighthouse trader guards are (laughs) and why they may as well not have put him in the game because it's impossible to get to him dude i miss i miss the old patch dude those were the glorious days this newest patch it's it's awful yeah (laughs) funny stuff okay so um what else you got for me giga i know you had some other topics yeah i wanted to i wanted to chat quickly i mean it's not a massive massive topic it depends on what i guess what what we want to talk about with it but i wanted to mention the kind of connecting maps open world video oh yeah, thing yeah. That i did because that was kind of fun and like a little bit different and our man jesse gazam talked about it on his stream which i was like super happy about he basically like played it on stream while he was like between raids with sealable which was super cool and uh sent like a load of, I, I didn't know like he didn't say anything on I didn't know except a couple of people wrote comments being like, Jesse told me to come here. Um, <laughs> so I went back and like had a look and, and see what he said. And, you know, super appreciate the, the support from, from Jesse. It's like super cool. Yeah. It's just really nice when stuff like that happens. Right. Like I, I put a tweet out being like, you know, did actually you know, made my day, but and it actually did. Like, it's just super, super nice. Um, but uh, yeah, it was good. Like he said, it got him hyped about Tarkov. There's like a bunch of people who also came in commenting being like either, because I, I, I could i knew that this would be the case like a load of people being like i've played these maps like tons of times i've never noticed this and that and the other like it's something that always kind of broadly interested me so i've kind of been like picking them up and storing them in the back of my head for mm-hmm. ages i've I, i've had this video on on my list of things to make probably for a year i would say like it's one of the topics i've had forever wow and there never seemed like enough info or it wasn't the right time or whatever right but because they added a load of stuff recently they added the 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 lighthouse bridge which is like super super iconic and the fact that you can like reserve and shoreline and lighthouse like you can see bits of all of them from all the other maps and then from there it's like from reserve now you can see like the customs like telco's tower over by over by uh, dorms and you can see that the train crash thing like it's just cra- like how it's all coming together is super cool and you can see streets over the top of it if you've got your draw distance on high enough um sometimes you can just see it through your scope if you've got your draw distance on a normal um normal level like i do mm-hmm. I, I did i actually had to go back and re-record a load of it because i had <laughs> my draw distance on what i usually do which i think is it's either like one five hundred or two k i can't remember but i could i noticed at one point i looked over and i was like oh no the streets in the scope whoops so i had to go back and put it on like three and a half thousand so i could see it natively without adsing yeah through one of the four times is which is quite funny but yeah just so many people were like so happy about it learning these connections for the first time because it's it's one of those things right it's like for me it feels like i don't know it's something from uh, that i haven't felt in a long time which I feel like it used to happen in game. I'm trying to think of a good a good example. I didn't really think about this beforehand, but it's just come to me now. But it's something where you go through and you play something a million times, and then there's like some crazy link or something that it's like an Easter egg almost. It's in the background where you you never noticed, and somebody yeah. tells you, and you're like, "Oh, dude, that's so cool!" It always gives you that kind of like tingly feeling where you're like, "Oh man, it's like kind of creepy." There's like you know all these connections. It's like if you, I know, it's like almost like not like a conspiracy theory that's kind of the wrong way to put it but do you know you know what i mean it's just like you suddenly see all these like hidden connections you know like that gif with the dude with the pins and you're like oh and it's like it's all coming together like it's just it's that feeling i don't know it's uh it feels like that for me so yeah there's a lot of people who 
were really hyped about it. There was a ton of people actually as well who just said, this is, I don't think this is ever coming, which I thought was, was valid. I think they're wrong, but I, you know, it's fair, fair enough. If you don't think it's coming, then okay. I think personally, I well, think don't it's think coming. What's coming. It's connected maps at all. They don't think the maps are ever oh, going to connect. Okay. Yeah, I and don't I'm know, like, dude. I think it's going to in one. That's I don't think the... it'll be open world because people people were talking about open yeah. world in the comments on it, know. and I'm like, I'm like, I didn't call it open. That's why I called it like you know connecting maps because mm-hmm. that means that's like more generic, right? I don't think it's going to be open world. I think that's the wrong way to talk about it. I think the maps are going to be connected, and Xfills are going to link one map to another. Yeah, I don't think, I think... that because some people would like, oh, I'm going to have to buy a rtx 4 million in order to run this <laughs> if they're running and i'm like dude they're not gonna load all the maps at once like yeah. what are you on you know what, what, I mean, what do you think they're gonna do like it's, that's nuts i mean it's yeah they i mean they could but they would have to i think the proper term is coal or no include a lot of stuff which wouldn't be ideal because like like if you were to like, just think how Lighthouse performs. Now, imagine having everything rendered on surrounding that. Like, it just, it wouldn't run. So you would have to, like, pass a certain distance, not call anything. But then that wouldn't be great because, you know, say you're on Reserve Dome and you want to turn around and snipe in the resort. Well, like, how far away? Like, yeah, there would be some... It would be a technical challenge, and Tarkov already has its technical challenges. So yeah. I don't, I don't see. That's the thing that's like most exciting for me is like thinking about the possibility of a world. Um, as far as like connecting maps, is like it's kind of cool because you get to see the world building aspect. Like, oh, there's interchange, but then it's like a, I don't know, it doesn't have the same effect when I go back to the menu and I click interchange and then i would go to enter like i could, maybe it would actually have a more meaningful effect if you extracted the different maps and you could see them around there yeah and the open world part just really excites me man because that's like where more gameplay the gameplay loop gets bigger i think i don't know but anyways sorry i blow your thunder no no that's just fine no i, th- I just think it's yeah it's that it's just that restrictiveness of being able to go anywhere. I don't, I don't think the first iteration of it will be super, super restrictive either. It would be my impression because somebody actually in Discord sent me a really cool like mapping thing that they made. Um, and I could imagine it being as part of a kind of challenge that people do, you know, a hardcore challenge, but like with connecting maps kind of thing. It was actually a really neat little guide of, you know, you, you start in factory and then you can... You can go to customs or yeah, yeah. I can't remember where he said to woods or whatever. And but he had like a whole bunch of ones. It was like depending on which extract you took, you could use your hideout. Some you couldn't use the hideout. Some you had to replay the map. Open world challenge, man. But yeah, so it was like yeah. open world challenge kind of things. So some of them were like you know like the safe room on interchange. You could go there, an exfil there, but you had to play interchange again. But you had to flip the time zone and stuff like this. As if like you were like waiting it out and then you like. That's cool. Loading again. Yeah, kind of thing. I, I was like, that's that. kind of neat. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of stuff like that that I was like, yeah, it's, there's so many different extracts and there's some that, you know, there's the underground bunkers for, for half of them and whatever. And I think there's really some fun stuff that can be done with those. And I think it'd just be nice to, you know, you go towards that area of the map. You say, well, I need to go to interchange. So I'm going to extract on, on this side and you 
infill from the side that you're supposed to infill on, rather than just being, you just turn up at the map and you turn up from a random side. I think it would also help you plan as well, because you kind of know which side you're going to turn up from based on your existing location. Um, I just, I hope that it's not, I hope that it's not too crazy. This is the thing. I, I want it to happen, but I don't want it to be like, and I know Nikita has said that this is poss- a possibility for certain types of raids, which is fine. If it's a little niche of thing, things to do, if you want to get like the super, super top end, whatever, you want to visit some special trader that sells RPGs, fine. But I don't want it to be like every raid to get anything sensible has to go through three maps and then back through three maps and it's going to take three hours. I don't, I don't want, I actually don't want the game to be like that because I don't think they'll do that. And, but I think certain things will be like that. If you see what I mean? And I think with a good enough mix, I think it's okay because the average player doesn't need to access all of the like super, super top end stuff. Cause I was actually just walking around today thinking about this and thinking about how the average player probably never even goes to labs. Maybe like once yeah. or twice, but most the average player just never plays labs normally. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, it's actually okay for the vast majority of the player base to not experience like the very top echelon of things, but to have those things available for people who want to go and do them, like the big long three-hour raids where you need to take a squad with you and it's really you know it's difficult to break in, whatever. But there's something crazy like RPGs or whatever um, to go and do a specific thing. That stuff's really cool if it just exists in the game because then if you have the time, you can go and do it. But if you don't have the time. You don't want the whole game to be like that. You need it to be a bit more like it is now so that people can dive in, play a couple of raids, and then and then bounce, you know? Um, so I hope that they put in a, a good a good mixture of stuff. But there's like, there's just so many, so many possibilities for things. And somebody in chats just said, like, real quests. But like what we've spoken about before, you know, just making the game structure in that sense, you wouldn't really need as many quests per se because people yeah. would be going to do stuff on their own, right? It's like the player-driven that's... story is like, that's the that's the deal. We've talked about it's that like so crazy, many times, right? Man. We've talked about that so many times. It's like every Rust video ever, right? Which is, uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know whether, that's actually, talking about YouTube, that you you were talking about YouTube right at the beginning. I watched um, I watched the Z-Chums video because it was, I think it was oh, premiering yeah, yeah. Like, when I logged <laughs> into YouTube. Yeah. Um, and so I actually watched that while while it was premiering. But like all the Rust videos are awesome, and they're basically what where we want to get to in terms of Tarkov storytelling. Like obviously not mechanically, like completely different games, whatever. But it's very very difficult to make that kind of video in Tarkov. It's hot, and it's not just about YouTube, right? It's just about the fact that it's very hard to have that experience. Yeah, that's the big thing. Ex- that's the yeah. thing. It's not about YouTube. It's not about content creation. It's about the experience which enables the YouTube videos to happen. But it's the same thing with DayZ, right? It's like DayZ and Rust, you can have these big, long, drawn-out stories. But in Tarkov, it's so hard right now with it being very raid-specific, raid-focused. There aren't enough sort of big, long, open-ended challenges that you can even challenge yourself with. Yeah, you could do snowball challenge and stuff like that. But the the foundations aren't really there to create that experience right now. And I think that's what open world or at least connected maps would give the ability for because it means that because right now you can go to any map whenever you want except for labs which you have to pay 200k to get into right whereas if you spread it out and you change it and you you have it so that there is there are some locations that are disconnected from the main map Mm -hmm. grid by three steps or something and it's super super hard at the end that creates a thing to go and do and people will go and do it of their own accord you don't even need to put a quest in to go and do the thing People will just go and do the thing. So, dude, I was thinking about this, and this is maybe a horrible analogy, so bear with me. But 
you know, Russ and Daisy, they they're they're kind of like a movie in the sense that take for example the Spider-Man uh one movie the with um the Tobey Maguire or you know Sam Raimi he, the, the the one of the more classic ones like early 2000s tell me you know what I'm talking about I'm not with um the Green Goblin and uh what's his name dude William Dafoe I may, I pro- I actually may not have what, may not have seen it because I'm not a, I'm not a huge superheroes okay. guy, and I'm also not hey, a big movies enough, guy. Dude. So fair enough. Every, everybody, everybody in the planet seems to be a movies guy except for me, and I'm just like, am I the only one that doesn't watch that many films? No, just me. Okay, I'll be quiet. Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll do this then instead to make it more relevant to you. Star Wars, okay, like the, the okay ep- episode four or whatever. So Daisy and Rust are kind of like that, right? You have different scenes right you have different characters that come in and maybe they introduce themselves and you get to learn about their backstory and then they they go away and then they come back later and then they're relevant Mm. to the story but there's like different scenes different acts right whereas tarkov is like a single scene you know you have a you have a raid and you have a a map and you have uh, a story right and you may have some characters that come in but they're never brought back in in other scenes. Yeah. And, and, and the, the stories are, the, each scene is like individual on its own. Like there is a larger story, you know, how I got a million rubles with Hamozen, for example, Tulu's video. But it's, it's very hard to like have that. It's hard to do different types of stories or, or, or more advanced stories because you, your, your characters are limited. Because you can't actually interact with them in other scenes, other raids, like, mm. and I don't know. It's weird. It's separated. But here's the the great thing about Tarkov is I can take thirty minutes and have a short story, and when I log off, I know that my story is like untouched. Whereas, like in in Daisy, dude, you log off and your your story could change tomorrow morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> And, and and it's a long, much longer story. Like you get to put a lot more time into it. But so it, there is like, and I think that's one of the things that makes Tarkov, um, very like approachable in some ways is that it's you can't just sink thirty minutes into it, mm. and you ha- you may be a really high intense intensity raid, but once you're out of the raid, where you die or extracted, you know it's like safe, low intensity. You know, there's no, and that's that's nice. You know, so I think that's there is like pros and cons to moving more towards open world. But I think, as you said, I think they're going to find a really good balance because I really do think that there is something very good and approachable and um, a a larger audience can appreciate um, having the the on and off switch, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do, yeah. I just, uh, it's funny. It's just like there's so many different ways it can go. And I don't even yeah. know which way I want it to go. You know, there's know. like so yeah. much because the way that Daisy and Rust function is because all the bases are public, effectively, right? So it's like the, yeah. ma- the major difference between the, the three games the Daisy and Rust, the bases are open and public and can be raided. And Tarkov, your stash is sacrosanct, you know, it's sacred mm-hmm. and, and can't be touched by anybody else. And that fundamentally changes the structure of the way things work because. Then it means that Tarkov can be instance based rather than being server based, um, and that kind of thing, right? So you yeah. can then play with anybody. It's just like it's a completely the game structure is just totally different. 
So how you then transition that into its own set of story making, which is probably going to be unlike Daisy or Rust. You know, it'll be it'll be different. But I don't know. Yeah, I just the only way that I think about it working in my head right now is, as I said, with places that feel because like right now, everywhere feels safe in a sense, like what you're talking about in that once you're out, that's it, you're out. Whereas in my mind, I've always imagined some areas to be you know, further from like whatever civilization exists in, in Targov, but like further from that, right? You've got like the flea market, the traders and your base, which is really what civilization means in, in EFT for us as players anyway. Okay. And to have maps that are further and closer from from that is the way I imagine it in my head. So places being further away being more dangerous but with more loot you know more reward for more risk kind of thing because you can't access your stuff necessarily like you might actually have to like go in it's like some of the uh i like i'm not an expert on this because i haven't been following the evasion tournament but i saw one of the qualifiers like you had to go and you basically had to do the guide i think but you had to do it with one loadout so people were like bringing spare ammo and armor and you know all sorts of stuff in their backpack like it'd it'd be more like that right where you have to because you can't access your stash necessarily once you've jumped away from your home map or the traders, you have to be thinking about like two or three raids ahead and be like packing yeah. multiple yeah, raids. You. you know, that, that's kind of cool. that kind of thing. Yeah, that, that's kind of like in my head how I imagine it working. And then like, when you get there, then maybe you can find like the, the top tier stuff. Um, yeah, people say like, like a dungeon. Yeah, kind of, yes. It's like it's much more like a dungeoning sort of... Uh, roguelike kind of thing almost. yeah i don't, I don't yeah. know that's the way that i've got it envisaged in my head anyway um so you've got like yeah places that are like you, close to close to your stuff and places that are further you could do like if you will rat runs you know right outside of your safe location mm. hideout whatever like let's say it's customs or you could make the trip up to or down to lighthouse you know and then make the trip back to your safe zone sort of like you ever played darkest dungeon no okay um yeah but i can see what you mean like a roguelike thing if you die you know you could restart the journey or you could just do some other thing somewhere else yeah i could totally see something like that because i can imagine even a system where like you've not necessarily just got your hideout too you can maybe have like your hideout and maybe maybe you can actually build up like a series of stashes that are like between maps right so you dude originally there's nothing there and you go, okay, well, you can, if you get enough resources and you bring them to the exit, you could then permanently upgrade like your between map stash. So it's not, it's never going to be like your real stash, but you can keep some stuff there, some food yes. resources. It's almost like could, a what, secure container from point A to point B. Kind of, yes. But, but then you could kind of, um, you could, you could stock up, you could do those safe runs near your base and stock mm-hmm. up your stash with certain items for the longer run, right? So then you go, okay, fine, yeah. well, I've stocked up my... And now I feel safe going into the next map because I've got my stash back there that I can fall back to if I've run out of things. And then from there, you kind of... I don't know, you're kind of hopping your your stuff across, like your logistics almost further across the map. I don't know. It depends. And then, really but then it gives cool, people man. stuff to upgrade, you know? You've got, like, stashes to upgrade between different maps. There's, like, tons of money sinks, lots of things to... You know, it's not just your own hideout now. It's... There's things out in the world that you can upgrade, like little secret areas that you can you can put cash into. And it could work similarly to the hideout itself, but just much smaller. 
I just that's the way I imagine that going. That's just how that's I would yeah. I would like that, I think. I would so you like could that. have I like, like upgrading the hideout. I just like upgrading it. You could have like your main hub, which is like your hideout, your your big stash. Mm. And then in between all the maps, there's like a a miniature stash space, you know, and you could like store yeah. small amount of items and you could basically like plan routes like oh you know i'm gonna go reserve and get ammo and then put it in the stash that leads to the woods so then and then it's like you know maybe two weeks comes by and you're like oh man i really need ammo because i'm trying to go here oh i could go to the, the you know if i extract from woods i can go to my stash in between reserve and woods and get this ammo that I put it here three weeks ago. yeah dude yeah. that'd be like and then what's this doing right this is like this is you're already generating your own story just talking about it yeah like yeah. this is the whole this is the whole point this is the whole point i don't know dude I'm excited I would, about it. It's great. Uh, this is probably like not doable for many reasons, but I would love. <laughs> we talked about this before, but I would love to be able instead of having Jaeger caches, you can craft or buy or find a wooden cache or a mm-hmm. barrel cache, and you can plant it on the map, dude. It's like there, and you could come back later and return to it. Like, dude, that'd be so cool, man. Imagine, imagine you just like you're. You're scurrying through a bush hiding from like a chad and then you just like your little white dot pops up and you're like what there's a there's something here it's a cache and you open it up and it's like you know food rations and slicks and ammo and you're like oh my god i gotta get out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wonder how you'd make that the visibility work it, but it would it it'd be it's no it's too much yeah it's it's, too, it's too a much, dream it's a dream it's cool to think about it's yeah. cool to think about but i can see i can see that i can see that working like i almost at one point i was almost it was when i was thinking more about hardcore mm-hmm. um because i didn't end up doing it just because i was like i don't have enough time to do this and it's sad because i really wanted to give it a go and i still want to give it a go but i had in my mind i was going to create this whole like similar to what we said before the open world challenge thing but have in my head almost like an excel spreadsheet of just like okay how much stuff does it cost for me to upgrade like five, you know, five slots of like yeah. the stash between customs and reserve and like just do it yourself. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. segregate your, cause if you've got EOD, you've got tons of space. So then just like use rubles to like segregate different areas. This is your main stash. Is this little stash mm-hmm. here? Here's mm-hmm. your other stash over here. It's going to cost this to upgrade it to two lines of five and three lines of five and four lines of five. So make it really expensive to upgrade those stashes, you know? Yeah. Um, that kind of to like gen, almost like build this infrastructure yourself to kind of play in and see see what works and see what's fun and what's what's not whatever because I quite like those I, li- I like those things right where it's, yeah. yeah it's it's just it would be kind of cool I was like so, I was so tempted but then yeah I just like I haven't had the time to to sort of play it and test it because it takes a long time to do anything like that I mean you I guess you wouldn't necessarily even need to do hardcore you could do like a lighter version based on what I was saying before where you've got areas close to civilization and areas far mm. from civilization do it that way yeah maybe i'll, I'll have a think about it you're reminding me of the open world challenge so for those who don't know uh one of my earlier projects was i did um i deemed it the open world challenge and i made it like two videos maybe three videos but it was it's basically what we're talking about and i didn't have the idea of um intermediate stashes i really like that i'm like I'm I'm trying to get Airwing to do something like this. Like I'm trying to like nudge him, and now that we're talking, I'm like gonna like just shove him off the cliff and be like, "You're doing this." But anyways, because <laughs> he's talked about doing like a a raid series playthrough or hardcore playthrough or something. But anyways, um, 
yeah dude oh, i i remember like my god i had like it's such a time sink and it's like really difficult because you're not playing on the evening playing field as everyone else but yeah. super rewarding one basically i had traders on based off lore and like what made sense i had traders on different parts of the map and you had to go there do their quest turn it in blah 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 buy their stuff take it back to your hideout essentially and you had to trap map to map what we're talking about i remember one i was like dude i just need to get some basic guns so i can like just try to like survive when i'm leaving my hideout so i made a trip from factory the reserve extractor from the reserve which will allow me to buy from prapper because that's where i put him so I had my backpack full of SKSs, like three SKSs and some random junk, going back to factory, made it, finally made it. I'm like, thank God, dude, I got these three SKSs to go finally use. And then I use them all up and I die and I'm back to zero. <laughs> but you know what? It was such a fun, fun story to go through. Like, dude, it was, I was sweating my balls off inside um, reserve because there was like a fight going on. I was third party. I managed to kill the guy off a shotgun that I like off a scav or something. It was just like, yeah, yeah, such a never forget that. Such a great, great time. But um, ah, uh, man, this is also why. Like, I just I do genuinely think that the game. I really do think that the game could do with two different versions. And people, or every time I bring this up, yeah. people accuse me of splitting the player base. But I really feel that the original when you first play eft that's its own very special thing right what do you... <laughs> sorry i'm dying <laughs> of thirst so i gotta get something okay so yeah. just, just rummaging your... around in the background yeah. <laughs> you're uh it's its own um, special no, thing so go on when you when you play eft for the very first time right it's a special mm-hmm. thing and your yeah. first wipe and even kind of your second wipe but mainly your first wipe is like it's a special thing and the game is incredibly hard when you first start yeah. playing it. After you've played it for a while, the ordinary game feels fairly straightforward. Once you know the mechanisms and the pathways and you know how to build your stuff up, right? The game, I wouldn't say the game feels easy necessarily, but the meta game feels easy. I think that's the best way that I would describe it. Because originally mm. the meta game just feels impossible because you don't know where the items are. The maps feel barren because you don't know where, you don't know anything about hidden caches. To be fair, they didn't exist when I started playing. But you don't know anything about where any of the items are, what the loot boxes look like, like how you level the traders up properly, how the quests actually get done, like where they are, how any of the attachments work, the modding, the ammo, everything. Like it's just too much. It's way too much. So you just, the first wipe is just like hell. Whereas yeah. now when we jump back in, it's like the game's not necessarily easy, right? The gunfights are still still punishing and difficult and the game's hard in yeah. that sense. But that's what I mean. Like the, 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 the bigger game outside of each individual raid is so much more straightforward when you know what you're doing, right? The game, and of that's why understanding yeah, the game is easy. Ex- exactly, yeah, exactly, you. and like how to make money, like what's the easiest way to to right. level up your stuff, and like actually to accelerate up through the traders and and that kind of thing. That, but that that process becomes much more straightforward once you've played like three, four wipes. You kind of know the deal, then you know what you know what you need to do. Yep, you just have to go and do it. Yep, and that's the point at which I really do think that the game needs two different versions. One which is more like an actual like hardcore mode and one which is the regular mode because regular players will still get a good 500 hours out of tarkov before understanding it properly which is fine but i really think that people who've been playing for longer i do think that there would be a a desire to play one of these like harder versions of the game and i know this is it's kind of coming but i was just trying to imagine like how that's going to work now because you're describing a situation which 
if everyone's on the even playing field, it makes that kind of fun, right? Where like getting back to your stash with three SKS is a, is a big achievement. Where running into someone with a modded M4 is actually really not common. It, that is the game that I think a lot of people would prefer to play. But it's something closer to that than what it is now. But I don't think you can make the whole game. I, I just don't think they're ever going to do it. They, I don't think they ever want to split the, the game like this. But the problem is, is that you can't make the game like that 3SKS game without making it impossible to play as a new player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, <laughs> what we're asking for, in a sense, is, or what we're saying is, the game is as not intense as it used to be for me, hmm. right? Yeah. And the intensity was horrible, but it was also what made it so compelling. So. Can we make the game more intense for me? Yeah. And the effect of that is that it affects everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there's another thing you're saying where the metagame, I've solved the metagame, right? And you want a separate, a new version of the game. So there's a new, there's a new challenge, but there's also a new metagame to play, essentially, you know, like, yeah. You've solved the best way to play Tarkov on standard. Now the hardcore, what's the new, what, there's going to be a new strategy because the, the rules have changed, right? And, uh, and that's like where it reminds me of Dota 2 and what one of the greatest things about playing a game like Dota 2 was is that every year or every six months, there was a new patch. And one of those two patches, there was some major changes and it just completely shook the meta. And it was like... Mm waking up christmas morning you know what i mean there's like a brand a completely new uh thing to unravel and figure out what's inside and, and learn how to play the game the most effective and that's like the great thing about inertia was that it, it did change the meta up a lot but um to sort of like package this all together um as far as like splitting the player base i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, or maybe it's indifferent, because I think of like Daisy and Rust, and they have private servers. And a lot of these yeah. servers are modded, and they're essentially different rule sets. So, like, you have Vanilla Daisy, which is as the devs designed it, I guess you could say. And then you have mm -hmm. like a modded Daisy version, or I'm more familiar with Rust, so I have to use Rust. But, like, you know, Vanilla Rust, you, you hit a, you take a rock, you hit a tree, you get like, 25 wood and you need like a thousand wood to make um a tool cupboard or, or you know to put tools in essentially whereas in modded you know you take a rock you you hit a tree and you get a million pieces of wood you know and it's like if they have like a multi in the server name they'll be like you know uh modded russ x a thousand and so like everything you hit gives you a thousand quantities so you're basically like there's some servers man where it's like you know what we're just gonna give you you don't have to work for anything like you just get an ak you get armor like you just literally type a command like exclamation mark kit ak and you just like boom you got and it's like yeah they just like let's screw all this like working for stuff just shoot shoot things you know <laughs> so it's kind of nice because you as the player you have all these options and you may mm. find something you like, like maybe you like vanilla, maybe you like just slightly modern, maybe you like extremely modern. Like, there's so many things. So it's like, you know, it splits the player base in a sense. But what we're really saying is, you know, if you take a hundred players 
Or if you take 30 players and you have to fill a map out with 15 of them, right? Well, let's take that same scenario and say you have two different game modes. Well, now you have, and, and we'll say half the players went to this game mode, half the players went to the other game mode, but now you, you also have this, the same two maps now. So you, like, you have less players, I guess, but like you would have seven and a half players on one map and seven and a half players on the, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm mm. really messing up what I'm trying to say here, but it's, I guess that's the question is if you split the player base, like this, let's say it split right down the middle, half the people went hardcore, half the people went the regular, would you have dead lobbies more often? Would you have, like, is that kind of the fear of splitting the player base? Like, what, what is it? I think so. I think yeah. that's what people are concerned about, but um, whenever this kind of thing is brought up anyway, I mean, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a weird one, because I do wonder about, like, the dead lobbies and that kind of thing, because you do wonder, especially what you're saying about how these games that are, I mean, I can't imagine that Daisy. I mean, I don't know what the player base of Rust looks like on a day-to-day basis, but I can't imagine it's in regular times. I can't imagine it's that much more than EFT. And if you've got different servers all over the place, like I, I can't imagine that given that players, I know they play regionally, but most people tend to play on most servers within their region. Yeah. I find it hard to believe that you'd struggle to fill the raids in, the, in enough time if you're playing regular matches. Like, yeah, you know, Night Factory might have a a problem if it's early wipe and there's less people playing or something but we already have the the player base split amongst all the different maps to begin with so using that argument you wouldn't want to add any more maps so i don't know it's a, it's a tricky one but i just think from that aside i just really do think that because that would that would that would be an extreme extension i mean it doesn't even need to be hardcore i'm just saying hardcore is kind of an example but sure to make the game harder Mm-hmm. to do the various things that we have to do and to make the traders difficult to reach so they're not just like live in your house and just give you attachments mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing i really do think that the vast majority of the veteran player base would would like that maybe they wouldn't maybe i'm wrong but i think there's a definitely a non-zero number of people that would would like to play that game and it would extend it out and so it, it's one of those things of you already know broadly the meta game of Tarkov and how the overarching game functions or whatever. But now it's like now you're going to play the really difficult version where you have to use all of that knowledge in order to you know win, kind of almost against all odds. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and sometimes it's going to be misery, but I think a game mode like that would be would be good. I really do think it would be cool. I really do. I know that Pesky was talking before about a hardcore server, a dedicated hardcore server yeah, that was going to run in like a week or two, but I don't know what happened with that. Yeah, it all went a bit quiet. And then I think somebody asked him and he said, oh yeah, you know, this is like kind of hand wavy about it, I think. I don't really, I don't officially know where that went. Hmm. It's interesting. I, I must, I must look that up because I was actually super interested. I would have loved, dude, I would have loved to have played that. I'd have loved to play that. And just to see how everyone else plays, like how it functions would have just been so yeah. interesting to see. You know, yeah, because it could have just been misery and just not fun. It's sure. distinctly possible that it might just not be fun, and that's mm-hmm. that. Um, but I do, I do miss those early days of the wipe in that sense, in that you're trying to like piece stuff together. From I just think the stuff's too just too accessible from the traders. I don't really mind the traders. I just there's no there's no work that you have to complete to actually get. That's the ones you've. Done once you put in the work to get the quest. The linear done, 
progression then yeah. there's no work to be done after that and stuff just flows in you know the detachments are just there and there doesn't that doesn't feel rewarding just to buy things it feels rewarding to go and like to go and obtain them or get them from quest rewards actually do something so it doesn't need to be fully hardcore but i just think a different version that mirrors your three SKS is from reserve feeling yeah. for experienced players would be something great. And I, I think a lot, you know, a lot of the player base of EFT is experienced players. We do get new players in every, every wipe. I think Airwing actually just did a, a poll. Um, yeah. Actually, was it, was it Airwing? Oh no, he did a levels poll. He did a yeah, levels, levels poll. There was poll. one from, I think it was Crane. I'm, I'm maybe mispronouncing his name. He's the guy who does like Tarkov tips on twitter and he makes oh, some really yeah, nice yes, really yeah. nice graphics and yeah he put a poll up on twitter let me see if i can find it i thought it was very recent i clicked on it so i don't, I don't know where it's gone oh here it is so how long have you been playing escape from tarkov now i don't know how far and wide this is this has gone but yeah, he's got like 2,300 votes. So it's 21% my first wipe, 18% second wipe, 28% third wipe, and 32% four plus wipes. So a good third of the player base has been around for a long time. Mm. And even if you had a third of the player base playing it versus two thirds playing standard, like I would think that would be enough. That would be enough people, you would have thought, who are playing this enhanced difficulty edition effectively, which is, which is harder and more punishing and... Yeah, I mean, it's harder to get access to and that, that kind of thing. I, I think it'd be kind of neat. Yeah, I, I think so. I just, I just don't know what the right call is because I try to think about in BSG shoes, like what do they really gain by doing this? And customer satisfaction for a small percentage of the customers' place, you know, it's just like, uh, I don't know. Is it a small percentage? I'm not sure. It's, it's almost like That's New Game thing. Plus. This yes. is the thing. It's, it's like you finish the game and then you play right. Maybe you have to play through the first game first. You know, so you've, mm-hmm. you play through standard, you have to escape. Then you can play, then you can switch over to hardcore afterwards. I mean, the first person to do it obviously is never going to be able to play at all. So but that's then kind you of... need, yeah, that's the thing. You need the <laughs> other people in there. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. Oh, dude, how about this? Okay. <gasps> no, this is genius. <laughs> Global quest. Quest. You need okay. a certain number of people to escape from Tarkov before it unlocks for the global community. Oh, how about that? You mean just for standard? Or so, like, just, so once just... enough people, like once 1.0 is released or whatever, okay. Once it, you have to play through da da da, and you have to actually do the escape from Tarkov, the real escape from Tarkov, which Nikita says is going to be really hard, and not everyone's going to be able to do it. Blah blah blah. Once a certain number of people manage to achieve that escape from Tarkov. It unlocks globally the hardcore server for anyone who wants to play it afterwards. Okay. So there's a minimum number of players then. It that's, opens up. That's interesting. I wonder if people would like gamify it and be like, bro, come on, get the pocket watch. Uh oh. Now we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if people would gamify it and be like, bro, come on, get the pocket watch. Yeah. You need a minute? No, 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 we're You're good. Fine. Sure? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're fine. Um, yeah, no, that would be quite funny. That would be quite funny. I should have just like restarting. But I don't know. That, I think that would be kind of cool. I don't know, man. That's a, that's a tough one. We'll have, may have to come back and revisit it because I've like changed 
a lot of my opinions and thoughts on things around like secure container, which just comes down to a thing of I'm saying that I've figured out the meta. It's not as intense for me. Can we change this so the game can be more tense for me? And it's like, let's say 1% of the player base like hatchet runs and that that's like the only way they can play the game. Like some extreme example. Do I really want to like rub out the 1% so that I can have a better experience? Or maybe I could argue that the whole game could be a better experience. Like, I don't know, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to really think about, so. Kind of in line with, like, but see, that's the thing, when you have two modes, and you're not really, like, rubbing out someone, you're almost, like, having a competition, you know? Like, let's say, let's say that you're, or, yeah, let's say you're right, and that people actually prefer the hardcore mode. So it's like, yeah, they're almost like competing against each other in a sense. You know what I mean? It's not like, because if you have one mode, then you can't have that particular experience of the other mode because it got deleted. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. the people that maybe are like, are, you know, I liked, I liked how this used to be. You know? So many parallels coming in. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, it'd just be kind of interesting because also then you it would almost be self-selecting as well, because you would kind of like, it's, it's not, you know, it's sort of almost skill-based matchmaking by uh, by choice, because mm. people who are still new would probably still play standard and stuff, not not the super hard one. And then you'd end up playing against more experienced players playing the harder version too, so it would kind of separate the player base into those yeah, two things too. that's an interesting, yeah. 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 Might actually th- make it I easier think, in the base I game. think it sounds like a pretty legit thing dude like yeah i don't think they'll do it but i i don't know who knows could be could be (laughs) well um i think we'll wrap it up there i think next week maybe depending on what the news looks like i'll we'll talk about some rmt stuff okay i know i i leaked that last week but this week we had twitter drama to cover i mean Come on, guys. <laughs> Cannot cover it to Twitch drama. <laughs> so, um, cool. Any closing thoughts, Giko? Not too much. Not too much, actually. Um, yeah, I think I pretty much said everything that I wanted to talk about. So, yeah, no, I, th- I think really that's it. That's kind of like just neatly rounds off my thoughts, what we've been up to, and that kind of thing. Um, I was going to talk about some zeroing stuff, but got a video coming out on that. So, you guys can watch that. Maybe we talk about that next time. Yeah, maybe we talk about next time. So, yeah. Cool. Well, um, guys, thanks for tuning in as always. And hopefully we'll have some more exciting stuff to talk about in the future as far as new Tarkov content. I'm, I'm eager to see what BSG is picking up in the pot and what they're going to come out with. So look forward to that. And we'll catch you next week. Catch you later. Bye.